Hi, this is Steve Klein with episode number 14 of the Fizbo Smarts podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about everything to do with the escrow, the closing process, appraisals, even a little bit about FHA home loans and first time home buyers. As we get going, let's start this. Hello, this is Steve Klein with Fizbo Smarts, bringing you the best tips, tools, and techniques where we go deep on for sale by owner. And right now we're still sharing our Fizbo journey with our own personal Fizbo experience. So if you want to save thousands of dollars on your home sale by doing it on your own and online or digitally, then you've come to the right place. And right now we are currently in escrow in the closing process of my mom's house, the house that I own with her. And want to share with you some big lessons that we've learned along the way as well. So since our last episode, we had a home inspection and a few things were revealed that I wasn't expecting. One is we had a little bit of dry rot underneath where the washer and dryer is. Now I know that a while back my mom had some leaking and it wasn't really leaking, but it was backing up because of the drain. You know how sometimes when you have a drain it'll get plugged up. This one was getting plugged up because it was the laundry room. The washing machine probably just got some lint over over time. And then every once in a while, that pipe would back up and she would call a plumber out to snake it. And then it would either push the debris down or it, or it would, uh, they would bring it back up with their tools. Well, that's all great and everything. And it was all, all done. But when it got water damage, I remember we had to have a plaster guy come in and re-plaster the wall because it kind of got some water on that wall there. And apparently it got water under the floor to the point where it was under the house. Now, they showed some pictures. The inspection report shows some pictures. And let me tell you, first of all, this inspector, he was very good. He was very he was so good that I almost want to say he was a little bit nitpicky on things, which I guess you really want in a home inspection report, right? You want it to be the best report you can get. But it was really like there were some things. There was a, a picture of a board. And, and I said, well, what's wrong with this? And he said, well, that board, so you see that board sitting on the cement foundation. I said, yeah, that looks pretty solid. He said, well, yeah, but there should be a shingle between that wood and the cement. And I said, a shingle? He said, yeah, normally what happens is the, the cement will sometimes get moisture coming up into it and it'll go on against the wood and it'll dry rot the wood. So best practices that you should have there is there should be like a shingle or a barrier between that wood and the cement. And now I thought about this. That part of the house was built in the 1940s, over 60 years ago. I, do you get what I'm saying here? This this house has been structurally sound for 60 years. And that wood beam that he mentioned had no dry rot whatsoever. But again, this, you know, that was back then. And, and now they have different standards. So, I, I mean, I totally get it. It has to have this little barrier, I guess. But the funny thing is, there's nothing wrong with that house. It's been great for all these years. But but anyway, over where the uh, the dry rot was, there was just a little bit of a discoloration to the wood. And again, it wasn't really, really bad, but it was it was bad enough to have them note that that should be repaired. And so that was one thing that was noted. And I think he, he recommended a, a place that he said that they could get bids on. But here's another tip. 
you get bids yourself. So anything that they say that may need to be replaced, you get bids as well. Because what happened was the homeowners went right away to a uh, to the person that the home inspector recommended to them to go to. They quoted them, I think it was like $3,000 or $4,000. And then I went ahead and got about two or three bids on that same work. And I think the first bid I got was something like, oh, that's only like a twelve dollars to $1,500 job. That's quite a bit different. That's like three times less than what their quote was. So the reason I'm suggesting that is because while the home inspector is really doing probably a great job at home inspecting, they may not necessarily know the best deals in town with the you know, the credited and get, you know, get one that's licensed and bonded. That's what we did. Um, the other thing that came out of the, So anyway, let's back up to the inspection report. So the inspection report had a lot of other things, just little nitpicky things that, you know, maybe we hadn't done over time. Surprisingly, they didn't even mention the wire that I was all concerned about in the back towards the tree. Uh, and so that was really strange. I'm like, you really are not worried about that. But but anyway, they had all these other things that they were concerned about. One of them was radon gas, which I guess in this area that I lived in, it had a, a heavy, like a higher than normal radon gas. And it was interesting because we noticed there was some sort of machine that was installed. And we thought it was an air conditioner unit installed on the next door neighbor's house when they just recently sold their house and, and someone new bought it. Well, it turns out that my mom's neighbor they got a radon mitigation equipment, a mitigation unit. And apparently they're not too expensive. They're around $1,000, I think it is. And it'll totally mitigate it. They put a plastic barrier uh, down underneath the house. And this other unit will just vent out. It's like a small fan. It vents out uh, any radon gas that would enter the home. Had no idea. And here's the crazy thing again. I grew up there. My mom's been there all these years and nothing's happened. So I think it affects people in different ways and different levels. Uh, plus, they say, you know, if you have really great ventilation in the summertime, then it's, it's it's fine. And we did. We always had our windows open. We didn't have air conditioning in there. Uh, we didn't need it because we had a great tree that had really nice coolness in the, in the summer. So maybe we just lucked out. I don't know. But anyway, that's just something to note that we had to do that. And then the third big thing that we didn't know about. And again, this is the great thing about a, a, a inspection report that one, you didn't have to pay for as a seller or the buyer has to pay it. You get all this information. So the other thing is that we've had this insert, this fireplace insert that my mom and dad put in there years ago. Current laws in Oregon say that because a DEQ cannot certify it, it was made it before a certain time where these certain de- department of environmental quality didn't have these regulations or didn't have these rules. And so they cannot guarantee that it was built before that time, meaning that there was something in the construction of that where it either wasn't efficient or it put too much fumes out. And I do not know the reasons, but all I know is that it was a requirement that we'd have to remove it and destroy it before the house could be closed. Yes. Yes. You heard me right. I, they and and here's the thing they loved it the new owners really wanted to keep it and use it because after all it's a great source of 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 heat you can put wood in there you can close it up now me personally i'll tell you a little secret here i didn't like it 
I, when I was a kid, I loved having that open fireplace, even though you had to manage it, you had to make sure that sparks didn't fly out on anything. And, and if it did, you have to kind of like make sure you put them out. There's a little special rug, that fireproof rug that we'd put in the front there. I really liked the, the fact that you had a real fireplace and a real crackle and you can hear the, the roar of the, of the fire and the heat and all this. And there's some sort of like ambiance that that has. It's like a, it's almost like this romance, you know. And when we put that insert in, sure, it was more efficient. Sure, it got heat in the house. You could turn a fan on and it would vent the heat throughout the, the home. You could even cook on it if your power is to run out. That was a big selling point back in the day. But here's the thing. By putting that insert in, you were hiding the best benefit of the fireplace. I mean, the fireplace was the focal point and it seemed like you were hiding it. So I don't know. I mean, so I, anyway, I got bids on how much it would cost to remove it. And I was surprised to find out it really wasn't too expensive. I could get it done for under a thousand dollars. I think it was 750 to 850 is the quotes I was getting. So long story short, I said, I would do that. I would take that upon myself to make that sure that happened. But they would have to get a quote or a bid on getting the dry rot fixed in the underneath the house and or do it later, you know, whatever they want to do. But I would discount them. Uh, and I think the price, I, now I'm trying to think of what we agreed to. It was like a, I think it was 23, well, it was total, uh, it was going to be more than this because of the radon mitigation and the other unit was going to be 4,000. But because we, I think it was 4,500, but because we have given them so much furniture and I listed out the furniture in an addendum to our original agreement and said, hey, you're going to get the couch, you're going to get the dining room table, you're going to get this. And all of these furniture items are valued at $2,300. I think it was $2,500. The difference was $2,300. So that's how much we discounted the house for. So we give them an additional $2,300 and that's redeemable out of escrow, so out of the closing processes. So that will give them a credit, and then they can do use that credit to do the, the radon mitigation and also fix that dry rot if they wanted to. Because right now it's not, I don't think it's too critical, but you know, it's, it's a structural thing in the foundation. You might as well fix it, especially if you're going to move into the house. So, so they knew that they had seven days to make that decision. So we met with them in a Starbucks that was right down the street from where my mom's house is. And luckily they said, yes, that sounds, that sounds great. As long as we're okay with that. Cause they knew how attached I was to the home. They, they figured out through the video and they asked me, they said, this is your house. Wasn't it? This is your house growing up. And I said, Oh yeah, yeah, it was. And they go, oh, we thought so. We thought it was. And so it was kind of this little inside thing that they thought was sort of endearing and, I thought, I, again, I was just appreciating that they appreciated that. And I thought it was really great. So the good news is we negotiated those those items. So uh, what's happened thus far is I did have a company come and remove that chimney thing and also clean out the chimney. There were some bricks that had kind of some corrosion that the new owners have already agreed that they would fix that if they ever wanted to have a fire there. They'd have to do a little bit more work. The outside and exterior was recently done. We we had paid that to be re- restored, but some inside the chimney work has to be has to be done if they want to use it. And they're going to take care of the rest. We're just going to give them a discount and then we're all done. So now we're just going to wait for the closing to happen. There's a few things that the FHA 
loan, they're going to get a FHA, a federally home uh, insured loan because it's their first time home buyer. They can get this uh, special discount, uh, special rate. And what that means is that I have to sign a special agreement that says if the loan doesn't go through that they will get their earnest money back. It's kind of strange, right? Like, why do I have to sign this if they're going to get them the loan anyway? But anyway, I signed it. Uh, and it looks like they're still gonna it's still gonna go through. So really excited about that. Now there's some other items that are happening in, in escrow that really I could go in detail on, but you don't really even need to worry about it. That's how cool it is. It's escrow is your neutral third party. Again, the the realtor would do this. I mean the realtor opens their their sales agreement, they open it up in an escrow neutral third party as well. So they utilize these same services. We're just doing it for our, our, our own sale. And based on the instructions that we gave in the earnest money agreement, they're going to follow that to a T. Literally, like the I's dotted and the T's crossed. They're going to look at that contract and follow the instructions. Now, the cool thing is when you're in this process, you give them certain power of attorneys to be able to fill out the contracts. So if anything changes, like like a let's say the escrow uh, date, let's say the escrow date changes, they can do that now on the fly and it'll change all of the figures, all of the numbers will be adjusted instantaneously. So I think things are looking up pretty well for us right now. And I think the closing date, we got the closing date set at, looks like March 19th. But here's the thing, I gave myself only one day after the closing. And that normally I've done two to three days after the closing. I do not know why I put one day. One day after the closing date is when the new owners will take possession. I just don't know. It's just the thing, the reason I'm worried about this, I'm not really worried, but it took us a long time to get the inside of the house all cleaned up and all ready and all the old stuff out and just sold or put in storage. I really haven't tackled the garage yet. And we've just now started knowing that the house was actually in a sales pending. And it's not like we didn't take anything out of the garage. We just haven't worked in there really seriously since we started this sales process. So in that garage, if I thought the house was cluttered, that garage has a lot of things. Not only the garage, but the shed in the backyard. And I just, I just gotta, we just gotta really put our best foot forward and get this thing done. I might have to check with my team that I work with and just say, hey, guys, can I work remotely so that I can get this done? Just, you know, maybe 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 I can work on this side of town. I'm trying to figure out how I can do my media company, my software development uh, career, all the work I do during the day. I'm trying to figure out how I can do that during the day and then do this in the evening. And it may just be that right now what I'm doing is I'm working like really early, six in the morning to like two or three in the afternoon. Then I come home, well, I'm already home in certain cases and uh, working from the home. And then I'm just like turning it around from like three until 11 or 12 at night just to get this house uh, this house going. So it may just be that we have to do that or I have to take some time off and just get this done. So that's the next focus. The next focus is trying to get everything out of there before this house closes. And that's going to be the very, very big challenge. And we're getting, we're getting down to the wire. So this is, this is going to be, it's going to be getting close. So 
The other thing is it's taken its toll on my emotions because, I mean, I'm going into my dad's shed and in one direction I look and I see something from my past, like a lunch pail that I had when I was in third grade. Or then I'll look over to my right and I'll see a, a coffee table that my dad used to have in our living room. He just kept everything. And if something was outdated, he would put it in this shed. You know, and I, I look over to the left and there's a baseball mitt that I had when I was a kid and a baseball bat. Then I look over here and there's a toy cap gun or a toy, a toy truck that I used to play with in the dirt. And then something from his past, I would see where he made these little uh, little wine glasses out of these beer bottles, just something he would do for fun. There's just so much in that shed that's more of nostalgia than anything. And again, I know that, you know, dad knew he couldn't take it with him, but I just left it in that shed all these years and neglected it. Well, my dad and my mom wouldn't let me. Every time we went over, she would want to visit and do something else. And so how can you say no to your mom, right? You know, it's like, well, no, mom, I want to go out in the shed and look at this stuff that dad used to have, you know, it didn't make sense. So we just uh, would always visit with her. But now we really have to deal with it. We have to do something with it. We can't just leave it there. Well, I guess we could, but that's not really, the whole agreement is to, that we would have all of our personal belongings left, you know, out of there. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. And if nothing else, maybe we can get an extension and not to the extension of the of the closing, but maybe we can... Uh, maybe come back at a future date. I can maybe, they, they sound like they, they wouldn't even have cared about the things in the garage, but I definitely want the garage cleaned out. So we're, we're pretty much almost done with that now, but the shed is still, <laughs> the shed is still left and it still needs to be cleaned. So I don't know if we can do it in the time that's, that's allotted for us. So we'll see. And anyway, so that's about it for us. And that's about it for this episode. I'm going to get back to you guys in about, let's just say, 10 days. 10 days from now, we should be past our closing date. That'll be March 20th. And we'll see how things go. So be sure to tune in for that. And I'll let you know by then if we've definitely sold our home. Until next time, this is Steve Klein saying, become Fizbo smart and save thousands on your next home sale. And we will see you in the next episode.